Welcome, everybody, to the Mongols Premier League pod. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Kev and Josh. And, boys, today is a very, very special day. Josh, would you like to do the honors here? Today is Liz's birthday. Woo! Uh, woo! Age withheld. Um, <laughs> as she would want us to And to I believe do. Uh, one of the things she wanted, uh, she faces Kev uh, for uh, Fantasy League this oh, week. So, you know, Kevin, I mean, yeah, do the right I, thing. You know, I can roll over. I can roll over. <laughs> now you have an excuse when you lose. You can be like, ah, I was yeah. just letting you yeah. win. <laughs> I was going to say, considering their positioning in the tables, I don't think that would be too far of a, of a long shot. So... Um, is that so? Yeah, is that a criticism on me. I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kev, no, you're doing think, fine. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm beneath you, you in trying. the table. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't sweat it too much. Um, well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about a lot on this show. Um, we've got all the Premier League action to recap. Uh, we're also gonna talk about some fantasy. We're gonna talk about. Um, the EPL supporters tournament that's coming up here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a live draw to figure out the different divisions. So that's going to be coming up here at the end. Um, you know, let everybody know what division they're in and start scouting out the opponents. And then, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the next show and we'll go from there. I feel like that's really professional. Like that feels weird for like, you know, like we're doing this live drawing on the podcast and it's like, (laughs) whoa, like this is cool. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. What are you saying, Kev? Are you saying we're not professional? Is that what you're? I mean, at? I didn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he this is this implied, is the, this is the said. this is the first like external validity. You know what I mean? That we're like, wow, yes. okay, like this is more than just the three of us around a microphone. This is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good time. So, uh, Kev, you're not gonna be on the show next week. So <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing to do I'm with not saying we're not, crap. nothing to do I'm with this at all. That. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with this at all yeah no, don't worry <laughs> all right we got a lot of stuff to get into um let's let's do this so the first game that uh that we watched was uh bournemouth versus spurs and last week coming into this weekend you know bournemouth bournemouth beat hall six to one spurs continued their unbeaten streak so to me going into this game this felt a little bit like you know the unstoppable force versus immovable object sort of thing even though it's completely taken out of context because this was just one game for Bournemouth. Spurs have been sort of locked down all, all season. Um, Spurs came into this game after paying Bayer Leverkusen to a nil-nil draw on Wednesday in Champions League. For those who haven't seen it, uh, Hugo Lloris made an incredible save. Basically, the, the ball was coming in and he sort of rolled across the goal line. The ball was under him, but still positioned the ball in such a way that it stayed out. But his like head and upper body continued to roll into the goal. Um, but it was amazing. Um, go check that out. This game ended in a nil-nil draw. So what are our takeaways? What do, what do we think about Bournemouth? What do we think about Spurs after this game? Who wants to go first? I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say if, I feel like you're now like the resident Tottenham guy, right? We have Josh with the Everton, me <laughs> with Liverpool. I, I can just tell the excitement in your voice when you're talking about it. I think... <laughs> Is it that clear, yeah, Kev? I think, I think Is it that evident? No, no, yeah, I, it's it's. I, I think Tottenham started so strongly and uh, now being a bit stagnant in, in the past three games. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I was right there with you. I thought this game was going to be really exciting um, with Bournemouth scoring six, maybe getting a bit of form back. I mean, this is still a really good result for Bournemouth, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I I I don't remember too much of this game to be honest with you, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was I, I think at the end of it it doesn't put Spurs out of the race by any means. They're still up there. They're a point off first. Um and, and they still look a really good team. Defensively, I mean they're I would what I would guess they're the best in the league, right? Statistically. Um, They've only had four goals against yeah, I mean, so far nuts. this season. And so yeah. yeah, I mean impressive impressive in that sense. Um I, I think where, you know, Sun had the big blip at the beginning where he was scoring goals for fun that seem to drop off a bit now and, and i think they're just going to be they, they seemingly can't wait for kane to get back yeah, yeah i was torn in this game because i have i have two defenders one on each team uh on my <laughs> fantasy league so i was like oh man zero zero that's great but then i also have son and i was just like ah son i i, I need to see him doing something because it's been a couple weeks now where he has not really shown up and i thought this was tottenham's game to win definitely i mean they had 60 percent of the possession so yeah. it looked like it was going to be their game to win and it just never happened for them yeah no i agree and and 
Kev, to your point about, you know, me going to Spurs, part of me was really torn because I think coming into this season, I was adamantly against being a Spurs fan, but then it's just become one of those things where it's slowly sort of grown on me. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, in terms of Son, you know, he was the player of the month uh, last month. And I think it's interesting because he has sort of fallen off. I think in terms of the offense, when you look at what players uh, are could be like rotation risks in terms of, you know, they have more games, who's going to come out. It feels like Deli Ali is really sort of stepping up and becoming that offensive crux to the team that everything sort of flows through him. But is so he? Part of me I wants- mean, because it's still, you know, no goals in the past three games. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no. And, but I think to your point, I think that's all the more reason why they're really looking forward to getting Kane back um, is he's the offensive crux, but there's not a ton of other stuff going on. Um, you know, when I, when we will talk about Liverpool and you look at, you know, where are the goals going to come from? They could come from pretty much anywhere. You look at Spurs, that's not really the case. Um, and with Son sort of, or Son sort of falling off form a little bit, it'll be interesting to see what happens to him once Kane comes back. Because Kane's going to play up top um, in the offense. So is there room for Sun still? Or does somebody else get bumped? Or what happens? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, last month's player of the month in the EPL is still in the starting 11, you know, in just the next few weeks. It could be an interesting situation. So since you started to kind of be more of a Spurs fan, uh, what have the results been for them so far? 0-0, 1-1. Zero, zero, one, one. Don't pin this on me. I'm just saying. I mean, there's (laughs) something going on here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They have three draws in their last three games across all competitions, um, only scoring one goal and only giving up one goal over that week. Now, granted, it's it was just this past week. They had three games. Um, But, uh, you know, there's they've still yet to lose so far in the Premier League, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, But is there a reason to be concerned? I think so. Like I'm one of the things that I think has drawn me to the more is the whole shutdown defense. Um, you know, the, the mentality of defense first and then go forward with offense. But if there's no offense, they're going to start dropping some points here um, that they really should have. And, and really, you know, they drew one, one to West Brom last week and now nil nil to Bournemouth. Both of them are 10th or lower on the table right now. They, they need to be picking up those points if they want to keep, uh, keep pace. So, I mean, do you guys think there's a reason to be concerned here for, for Spurs at this point? Well, or, uh, I, I want to just go back and say, Rich, I, I wasn't like, yeah, I didn't watch this game. I don't know much about it. I literally just blanked on it. And now talking about it a bit more <laughs> has reminded me a lot of what happened in this game. Yeah, I mean, just I guess I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question in a second. But what, just talking specifically about the game, what it wasn't necessarily even though what I think, Josh, you mentioned uh, Tottenham had about 60% of the possession in this game. But yeah. it wasn't necessarily like a... Bournemouth sitting deep, Tottenham just playing playing around with them. I mean, you know, Bournemouth gets the first big chance in the game off a corner, um, and then it's fairly back and forth. I think Tot- most of Tottenham's chances come from outside the eighteen, um, from yeah. from taking shots. Like, I mean, what I, I I remember, I think the biggest thing I remember from this game was when when uh, Deli Alley like nutmegged two people in a row and then like fed it off to Lamella and 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 he did all that, but um. Yeah, I mean, so it wasn't necessarily that they were just pounding out, knocking on the door, and, and couldn't break down. It was it was a relatively open game, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I kind of, I think you're, I think we're going to come to expect that from a Bournemouth team. I think they're they're not going to be a team that's going to say, oh, we're going up against one of the big boys. We're going to change how we play and just park the bus and, and see if we can hit them on the break. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play their their game, especially at home. And so I, I think. With that knowledge, they know that they might get hit for a 5-0 or something like that. But at the same time, it's, you know what, go out there and, and, and express yourselves and play the way we're going to, you know, the, play the way we play and, and, and see what happens. And, and they got a pretty decent result here. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, especially since Bournemouth just had that 6-1 uh, victory yeah. the week before. It just, I thought it was going to be a very interesting one as far as goals go. But yeah, kind of surprised. Yeah, and I think one of you know Bournemouth's tactics was really just to try to take advantage of the fact that Tottenham did play earlier in the week and just try to press and make them run. You know, there were a number of comments that I was reading, and I don't think I have the one here in front of me um, from players and coaches and things like that. And one of them was saying, you know, basically the fact that I think it was Erickson was talking about how it was very difficult to play against Bournemouth because every time they would get down their end. Bournemouth would quickly transition the other way, and that's leaving Tottenham running back and forth, up and down the field a lot. And after you've played two other games already that week, 
you start to fatigue a bit. And so this is where we've talked about, you know, Kev, you mentioned, uh, you know, Pep um, saying, you know, oh, why is it so difficult to do so well in, in England? Is it because of all the games? And you said, yeah, it's because of all the games. <laughs> and I think Tottenham are suffering from that right now is just, you know, lots and lots of different games. And it doesn't get any easier for them. You know, they they face uh, Liverpool here on Tuesday at Anfield in the EFL Cup. So it's really going to be, what, four games in nine days for them, which is a lot. Um, it's not going to be a Premier League match, but, you know, those are two massive teams so far in the league, and I think it's going to be a great game to watch. We'll see. Well, they play Leicester um, next in the in the Premier League, so, I mean, I not to throw shade on Leicester, but that, that should be a <laughs> a good game for them to kind of, you know, well, the rebound question, off is of. Are, are they home or away? Because I'll, we'll get on to that later. I, as I was kind of doing a bit of research for our kind of quick fire round, I, I found out that Leicester – haven't lost a home game in like 20 in 20 league games which is really nice. yeah huh. like it's 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 crazy to think about i mean they're either drawing or losing away from home but uh yeah 20 league games they haven't any anyway that's surprising Spur- yeah i didn't know that they're playing at white Hart lane so spurs will be home well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that hard-hitting analysis for you folks <laughs> So um, I guess any other takeaways from this game in terms of, you know, was there anything from Bournemouth that impressed you or anything else you guys want to talk about about Spurs before we move on to the next match here? Do we think Kane's going to come back swinging? Like, do we think he's going to come back and be the powerhouse for, for them? That's a good question. I mean, I'm torn because he wasn't the powerhouse before he went down. Exactly. And granted, yeah. you know, he started, he started slow last year. Um, I only know this because John kept talking about it when we had him on the show. <laughs> like he went like nine games without scoring and then he came out and still won the golden boot. So I think the potential is there, but it is one of those things where they're not that they're struggling offensively. They're getting chances. They're just not putting them away. So it's a question of is Harry Kane going to be the difference? They're currently in what fifth in the league. Something yeah. Like that, yeah. And they're, they're only one point behind the leaders. So I think, Getting Harry Kane back at this point is just, it's going to be a bonus. I think if Son was on form, I might be a little bit more tentative about, you know, moving Kane in too quickly. But if nobody is really scoring, which we'll see, I mean, some of this again may be fatigue, but um, I think you just got to put him in there and see what happens. Whether or not he's, you know, be lighting the world up. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's, I, what's the nature of his injury again? I forget. What is it? Is like ankle or something? Or, yeah. I mean, so, you know, with an injury like that, you would imagine it's going to take the player some time to kind of get confident. Like, you know, when you make that first cut on it, you're like, oh, like, and and so, I don't know. I think the one thing Kane has going for him is I think he's had his doubters for the past two and a half years. And uh, he's he's kind of, he's been able to come through the other side on, on most of the occasions. And so, I don't, I think whenever he gets back in, he's not going to, you would expect him to not, you know, putting in hat tricks every week. But I think once he gets a run of games, you know, in 2017, I think he'll, uh, he'll be, he'll be a very good stable um, source of goals, goals for Spurs. Yeah. It's an ankle injury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens here with Spurs and uh, Bournemouth. Let's, uh, let's move forward. Talk about Liverpool versus West Brom. So Liverpool get the two to one win at home. It honestly could have been more. I mean, Liverpool were just pouring it on. Um, I, I I will say, you know, watching Liverpool play still gives me the the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> the the goal that Mane scored in the twentieth minute, the way that Firmino just sort of floats this ball perfectly over the defender, like he couldn't have placed it any better, and Mane just finish it off i mean i just wrote beautiful goal in my notes like it was just one of those things that i kept waiting for another replay because it was just like wow so kev what was it it was everything leading up to that too so yes you know we win the ball back lalana makes a quick pass to milner milner fizzes it in and continue just dummy a beautiful dummy right in the middle of the pitch he's going to get the ball and just stops because he knows uh sean is making a run from the midfield sean runs onto it and then all of a sudden we're three on three and Sean just plays a nice little ball to Firmino. Firmino one touch over the. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was honestly, I think it's, you know, Coutinho long shots will grab headlines at the end of the season as far as best goal. But this was, yeah, it was a very silky smooth goal. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it was it was a really good performance all, all around. I think I, I I might have mentioned on previous podcasts where I think up until this game, the blueprint for beating Liverpool was get at them early, try to get an early goal, and then sit back and frustrate them and try to hit them on a counter or a set piece or a corner. And that's that's kind of what West Brom tried to do, and then we turn them around and score. And everyone, hopefully, everyone around the league is going to be thinking, well, "What do we do now? Like if if that's what they can do when we try to pressure them early, and they can turn around and score a goal like that." I mean, I you know, we I've I've looked at at teams in in the past five years and and thought, you know, top teams like like City and Chelsea and all that. Th- those teams score those kind of goals and we would always kind of break down on that last pass or that you know it, the the cross wouldn't have been high enough and the defender would have, everything was perfect about it and and I think everyone's starting to get confidence and trust in the players thinking like yeah like you know what even if we if we don't score in the first 35 minutes we don't need to get nervy because you know we, we trust these players now and they're good enough to to score goals like this and uh, yeah it was especially in the first half is one of the best performances I think Liverpool put in all season um and uh it was a huge win on, on a week where all the other big dogs uh dropped points so it was, it was it was really big for us yeah lots and lots of draws this weekend um you know everyone was talking about hey where are the clean sheets everybody was saving them for this weekend <laughs> yeah. um but uh this was not one of those games you know you mentioned Coutinho I think I think one of the reasons why um I'm enjoying watching Liverpool play is you can tell that like Firmino, especially in my mind is just having fun. Like he's just out there like goofing around, having a good time. And and that's leading the chances. Coutinho got his goal. Basically when Ben Foster tried to clear the ball, it went pretty much straight up in the air. Somehow fell to Mane who slotted to Coutinho and he just made a cut and buried it in the bottom corner. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good performance. We talked about on the last show, you know, where does Sturge fit into all of this? Not in the lineup. Lallana started <laughs> instead as, you know, I think he should have. Uh, Kev, do you have any thoughts on, I mean, we talked a little bit about Sturge yeah. versus Lallana. I, it's yeah, got to go to Lallana, right? I mean, you have to. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think, um, once again, I, I think it's not, it's not curtains for Sturge. You know, he, he started in the Leicester game and put in a really good team, team performance in the Leicester game. And after that, everyone's thinking, okay, yeah, this can work. And uh, I, I still think he can work with this. But I think Klopp was probably looking at it and saying, okay, you know, you're, you're playing Coutinho, Firmino, and Mane when they're fit. So real, and, and you're playing Henderson in the middle of the pitch. So you have two, you have two more positions up, uh, up for grabs. And usually that's gone to Wijnaldum and Lallana. Wijnaldum was struggling for fitness, and so then you know, so that's why he, you have two positions to pick out of three players of Sean, Lalana, and Sturridge. So you have the option of maybe putting Sturridge in, dropping Coutinho uh, in the midfield three, and having a front line of Coutinho. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Firmino, Sturridge, and Mane, or you put uh, Sean alongside Lalana and Henderson, and then leave Sturridge out. And yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's Sean, I think, was in there, especially for the height, um, for, to, to try to battle against a really tall, physical West Brom team. Um, so I, I think that might have been the kind of easy way out for Klopp to, for, as trying to, like, you know, strategize a reason why you would leave Sturridge out. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's I once again, I, I don't think it can't work. But right now, it's it's not... It's not not working, so why would you kind of change it? And I, I, like I said, he worked in in the Leicester game, but I think the times we've seen Sturridge at his best, it's he's had someone kind of alongside him where he can kind of work off of, and it's been more of a kind of classic, not too striker mentality, but in in this system, it's very much five players, and and I think it's it can be a bit difficult to try to fit in with that especially because these five players have largely been playing together since the beginning of the season and and to come in now after nine games and and try to work your way into that can be difficult so yeah I mean he's he's a great player he has a lot of he has a lot of skill about him but um you know being bold if things don't change for him 
you could uh, you could be understanding if he wants to find somewhere else to go at the end of the season because he's just not getting his game right now. You, cr- mean, you cross your you cross your fingers and say, okay, well, and this is a weird <laughs> thing to say. You cross your fingers and say, well, maybe there's an injury and he gets in that way. <laughs> but that's that's really the only way he's getting in right now. I mean, one of the things we always talk about is we mentioned earlier is that this is a, a lot of games. There's these teams play a lot of games, so you have the depth with Sturge. I'm surprised that he didn't play this game because this is a game against you know not exactly the best team in the league. Um, I, I don't forget where West Brom's at. Uh, I think they're like 13th or something like that, 12th. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. They're currently 13th. Yeah, 13th. Okay, so like you would think this would be the type of game you, you put the depth in so that yeah. way the other guys can take a rest. So the fact that he did play in this game of, you know, I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as the rest thing, and we talked about it at least twice um, on this podcast before. I, I don't know if it was recently, but I'm pretty sure Klopp had had like addressed that again. And I think he's just, he's just saying, like, look, like these are professional athletes like this is their job to be fit and to run a lot like this is yeah. this is this is and and, and I'm, I'm wondering maybe if there's a, a systematic drop in expectations for how fit these guys are supposed to be but i think Klopp's kind of come in and said no like this is this is expected this is standard you know that and and if, if you go below this that's not what's i mean that that's substandard and we expect more so I, I think, you know, when he originally came in, there was a lot of, like, hamstring injuries because I think they were pushing training a, a bit harder because he wanted to bring their fitness up. I think now that they've had time to train a certain intensity, hopefully that's starting to pay off now. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, you would guess he gets his run in against Tottenham midweek in, in the Cup. And, yeah. you know, if, if he bags a hat trick, then, you know decisions become a lot more difficult to make but it's a good problem to have so liverpool are currently tied or they're in third place they're tied on points for number one with city and arsenal but they're losing on goal differential so liverpool has plus nine arsenal's plus 10 city's plus 11 kev you mentioned before that you aren't concerned about liverpool keeping goals out of their net as long as they're putting goals away you said you love four three games in a league where you know nine weeks in granted it's only nine weeks in but things are so tight you know you look at the standings right now you have five teams basically within one point of each other at the top of the table um are you concerned that the defense is still you know giving up a goal here or there to teams like west brom so there's there's kind of two things in that question one is like the whole goal difference thing and then the other is Liverpool's quote unquote suspect defense. The goal difference thing. Now I'm I'm gonna put my neck on the line here, and I could be <laughs> sound like an idiot, and and someone could call me on this, but I would guess out of the past ten years, you know, league winners haven't won on goal difference. It, it's probably right. been by a point. And so, at the end of the day, that's what matters. But i I feel like I feel like if it were to happen to anybody, <laughs> it would happen to it'd be Liverpool. Like, yeah. like that would be the deciding factor. The soul crushing, yeah. you know, Stephen Gerrard so just great. happens to slip, yeah. and yeah. there goes the lead. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, in that sense, you're right. I think the whole goal difference thing for me matters less about league position and matters more about the kind of mentality that uh, opponents would have coming up against Liverpool side right. you know if you're coming up a Liverpool side that just buried someone 5-0 last week you're thinking crap like if we can just get beat 2-0 that'd be great like I don't want a 5-0 loss here and so I, I think that has has a big effect but you know I'm, I'm not I'm not too and, and so the other thing is I actually I mean you know the whole defense being suspect thing yeah look okay <laughs> but, here's 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 a stat for you okay Liverpool is currently at a plus nine goal differential. Okay, so they've scored nine more goals than they've let in. Tottenham is at a plus nine goal differential. Tottenham has only given up four goals, so that means they've only scored 13. If Liverpool has the same, Liverpool have given up 11 goals, but they've scored 20. So I don't think that the goal differential is going to be that big of an issue. But at the same time, when you start looking at other teams like City or Arsenal, who may play a little bit tighter defense, who knows how this whole thing could shake out. Um, well, 
in, into the defense thing, though, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue. So I, I think, you know, what West Brom, I, I'm pretty sure, has seven shots, only one of them on target. They get their first corner in around the 70th minute. And, like, you know, we have this new keeper in, Karius. He, I think he's played for, like, three or four games. He hasn't really had a shot to save. I mean, it's... Klopp, Klopp said that he's the number one now. Yeah, like he, which, yeah. which um, you know, yeah. it's he hasn't like you know lit the world alight with performances. I, I think he he's still a bit shaky, but we, I, I think I mentioned this before. We know where Mignolet's ceiling is. We don't really know where Carius's ceiling is. So I think we're willing to kind of roll that dice. But anyway, I, I think our back four now is is really not an issue. Um, which I'm happy to say that for the first time, and it feels like a long time. And, and I think our defense is actually better than what I think a lot of people are making out to be. Um, the, uh, the the corner, I mean, you know, West Brom, they're probably, no, they statistically they are the best in the league on corners. I mean, we're, 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 not, we're not the best, but it, at defending them, we're, we might well, be the worst. But it's, so, so Klopp was actually asked after the game whether he has any defensive concerns for his side, and his answer was just no. Obviously, <laughs> not having a clean sheet is part of our game. I don't know. It's not a big problem. So <laughs> it is what he it is. Shares, he shares the, you know, yeah. the ginger-haired, beard, glasses-wearing <laughs> mentality that you have. The yeah, lackadaisical. That's right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Track suit-wearing, yeah, <laughs> fist-pumping, we're the greatest team in the world mentality. Well, so, so but no once problem. again, I mean, like, and I can't think of the last goal that we let in from open play i mean it's it's been set so it's not like we're getting carved open week in week out you know it's it's you know and it wasn't i don't think it was actually that terrible of a set piece that we let it off the corner i mean they scored off of it yeah but i don't think we covered ourselves in shame the way we dealt with it i think a lot technically it might be considered offside because when the guy hit it there was another west brown player right next to him like kind of in between the goalie i'm just uh, maybe never your fault yeah but but uh but yeah i mean i i have all right we gotta move on as liverpool fan yeah i don't have any concerns with the defense i think i think we're excited I'm about sorry go- we're exciting going forward and uh you know, <laughs> just just sell Sturridge and get a, a better defensive player. That's all you gotta you go. do. Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Bring in David Louise. You'll be fine. Uh, and no problem. <laughs> That'd be a really nice transition if I didn't have one more thing to say about Liverpool. Um. So next up, Liverpool gets Spurs in the EFL Cup. Like we mentioned, it'll likely be over by the time you listen to this. So make sure you go back check out the game. They travel to Crystal Palace on Sunday to resume league action. And, Kev, you got a pretty nice lineup coming up here. You get Watford, Southampton, Sunderland, Bournemouth, West Ham, Middlesbrough, and Everton in mid-December. Everton, I think, is the first game that I'd be worried about. And that takes you all the way to mid-December. So a really nice stretch of matches that pick up some more points. Definitely. Um, I'd ask if there was anything else on this, but I know you'd say yes. So we're just going to move on. Uh, (laughs) Chelsea versus United. Uh, Chelsea versus United. I mean... Chelsea walk away with a four nothing win wow. and you know put their stamp on it thirty seconds in basically playing a long ball in and Pedro just outrunning two United defenders defenders gets between them and De Gea and slots it into an empty net. What what like what is going on here with United? It's just ah yeah it, it's it's sad to see kind of I guess you could say <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Willie. And, uh, yeah, I had Oliver. actually turned on the game, had gone upstairs real fast to get something, and then I just hear Liz yelling, like, what? What? <laughs> what? I'm like, what happened? I'm, like, running back downstairs. Yeah. So it, it you could tell that uh, this, was, this was playing at Stanford Bridge. Chelsea fans were eating this up. And you could tell Mourinho was just at a complete loss for words. Um, and really, it, not all of the goals were just based on like willingness to to battle, but uh, some of them some of them looked like effort goals where it was just Chelsea wanted it more than United. Well, you, and you can imagine Chelsea players wanting to get one over on Mourinho after yeah. kind of the stuff that happened at the end of the season. I think I I I heard in the build up or, or the after analysis of this game that apparently like last last season when when I, I it was like when Mourinho kind of knew he was done I think he threw out a statement like you know 
the season before when they won the league, he was like, you know what, I guess I just made these players better than they are because right now, like, they're not playing well at all and blah, blah, blah. And so you know, like, Hazard and, and Costa and all those guys, I mean, they're going to want to really, you know, get a win over, over Mourinho, and, and they looked really up for this game. Yeah, you could tell David Luiz looks like he's a five-year-old kid out there in more ways than one. But after some of those celebrations, like literally like grabbing other players' jerseys and just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just jumping up and down. And and he wasn't even there last year. But still, like it's they, they definitely wanted this game more. It was interesting. As soon as the game was over, uh, Mourinho pulled Conte in and said something in his ear that you could tell Conte was sort of like, what? And he just took off down the tunnel. So there, I'm sure there's a lot of speculation about what exactly was said there. Not to sort of like devalue this game because it's a big win for Chelsea. You know, they're they're now sitting in um, one point off the leaders in fourth. But what what happens if Man U don't finish in the top four and keep losing games like this? You know, is they they splashed a lot of money to get a lot, basically build an all star team. Is Mourinho back next year? And if not, like, where does Mourinho go? Like, do we still see him in the EPL? Or is he off in, like, Switzerland? Like, just completely off the face of the map? I don't know. This is one of those situations where you kind of wonder how much of it is on the manager. I mean, like, this is a team that should be performing better than they are. Zlatan, I mean, what happened to him? He's been falling yeah. off every single week now. He, he started out pretty good in the first couple games but then nothing week after week after week i I feel like it's almost you're damned if you do and damned if you don't with this team because it's either get accused of not spending the money and not splashing it or you you do it and then suddenly you get a bunch of prima donna type players who are you know don't want to break a sweat so i don't know and there were there were a number of zlatan moments in this game where he was getting the ball in positions there was one header that he put over the crossbar there was another one where he was sort of falling backwards and tried to hit off his leg but those were the kind of goals that a year or two ago zlatan was burying so is this a case where 33 is too old to play in the premier league i don't know kev i'm I'm a little less convinced that it's the players because i watching so i mean i've obviously watched both this game and the liverpool game very closely you can see what conte's like chelsea team like is right i mean they they kind they have a structure they have a strategy they have a philosophy and you can tell the players are kind of working within that same thing with klopp and liverpool um i ha- i haven't watched ton of recent city games but especially at the beginning of the season when things were clicking had a very clear identity system, all that kind of stuff. I don't. I haven't really seen a clear structure or identity or philosophy behind Mourinho's United side. And I, it's you know Pogba. We know he's better than this, but he looks a complete shadow of everything that he's done previously in his career. And so, sure, maybe that's you know him just being relatively young and settling into a new big club with a lot of pressure new country new league but i don't know i i, I that, that that would be my only argument for for maybe it's more than just the players not performing i i think there might be some some other things happening but yeah i mean it's not great i i, I think simultaneously if, if they put in a decent you know if they get some big wins if, if they come back and um, beat liverpool at old trafford and, and maybe beat City uh, in, in the second part of the league. And even if they finish fifth, I, I, I think they'll, they'll give them time. I, I, I don't think they're going to pull the trigger too quickly on this. But I mean, it's one of those things. You just look at right now, they're sitting at seventh on 14 points. And the leaders right now are on 20. So they're two wins back, which is still you know easy to make up. But when you look at, you know we mentioned Liverpool's schedule coming up, Liverpool's going to be picking up some points. So United need to figure it out quickly to pick up points as well. To round out the year, they get Burnley, Swansea, Arsenal, West Ham, Everton, Spurs, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Sunderland. So they don't have an easy run of fixtures to really figure this out. And when we had Willie on last week, Willie Hunt, um, we love having Willie on. If you missed that show, go back and listen to it. Willie mentioned last week that he thinks that this team just really needs to gel. 
do you guys think that's the case? Like how, how do you fix this? Is there an answer to this or do you just need to let it, I mean, organically work itself out? The best hope is that this, this loss, this embarrassing loss will be enough to kind of get them in gear and be like, listen, okay, we have to take, we have to, you know, actually come out and try harder because this has to be embarrassing for like Slaton. I'm sure he was like, seriously, <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't want my name associated with this. Right. So, yeah. you know, they have egos and maybe that's the best thing that could happen is this type of loss because it's a bigger team. It's a huge loss. And it was just, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for the gelling thing, I mean, they did bring in like a completely new spine with Bai and Pogba and Zlatan. I mean, and, and plus I think, Rashford and Lingard are, are getting a bit more time in the starting 11, um, which I know they played last season, but I don't know the extent. I don't know how many games they put in. Um, so it is, I'm sure, relatively new. My guess is Mourinho's having them play differently than Van Gaal did and and all this other stuff. And I get, you know, I the other thing is, let's not forget, I mean, this is an unusually tight league, right? I mean, we're, we're nine games in and there's a point between fifth and first i mean so there's a yeah, lot of teams that uh that are playing well this season and and you have teams like watford and, and millsborough and and what I'm, there's another team i'm thinking of um but uh in bournemouth southampton southampton yeah, yeah. southampton that was the, i mean they're 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 not just th- those teams aren't just like surprise teams well maybe have two big scalps a year off of big teams and then revert back to the norm they're they're starting to build pretty consistent platforms i mean so this is it's it's a tough league and then you add in what i'm guessing they had europa league travel midweek and and so it's been a it's been a tough week um for them so yeah i, I don't i don't know i giving them time to gel yeah that'll help in, in a weird way yeah josh i agree with you i think this bad loss will help um and and kind of kick kickstart them back into gear uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're, they're going to need to pick up points soon. And yeah. it, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, although they did also lose three to one against Watford, and that didn't do anything. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And we've also spent you know this entire recap talking about United. I don't want to devalue how good Chelsea looked yeah. as well. I mean goals goals from Pedro, Gary Cahill, Hazard, and Conte, and they all looked good goals. So well, this go, is a good Chelsea team. Going back to the identity thing, I mean, yeah, Mourinho was doing the post match, and you know, he he said like, oh, they give up, you know, the quick goal, and then I forget how they scored the second one, but he goes, you know, just as it's two nil, we're it was lo- off a corner, yeah, like we're, we're we're looking to make it two one, and then they hit us on the counter and go three one. He's at three one, we look like we're gonna make it, you know, or. Three, uh, three nil. It's three nothing. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we're, we look like we're making three one. Then they hit us on the counter and go four nil. I mean, so goals off of corners and hitting them on the counter and soaking up pressure. I mean, all of those are very Conte things. Like you, I could yeah. say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll write that down on a piece of paper and say, yeah, that's how they're gonna do it. And so, you know, it, I I can't do that right now with with United. With United. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what's what's happening with them. I, I think yeah. my favorite part of the whole game was uh, it's it's after they're up 4-0. It's been a little bit since they've been up. And the crowd got a little bit quiet for some reason. And Conte just <laughs> turns around and just starts, like, being, like, the hype man and, like, <laughs> telling the crowd to make some noise. Like, what, like I can just imagine, like, are you not entertained? <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> yeah. That is funny. Yeah. Um, Yes, but yeah, Chelsea, you know, they, they're sitting pretty right now. They're one point off the leaders in fourth. Up next, they get Southampton, which is no cakewalk. They get Everton, which also, Everton's at, what, sixth now, Josh? Just ahead of uh, United. Um, and then they get Middlesbrough, Spurs, and City. So aside from Middlesbrough, all of those are top eight teams. So I think we're going to learn a lot about Chelsea here in the next few games as well. Uh, anything else about this game before we, uh, we start to whip around the league? I, I think okay. the only thing for me is, yeah, I think before this game, I was starting to write off Chelsea for any kind of legitimate effect on the top four. Um, but, I mean, this was this was an impressive performance, and uh, that throws them right back into the mix for conversations with top four. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do this. Let's go around the league and hit up the rest of the games. We're going to do this fast. 
Kev, you're going to kick us off with Arsenal and Middlesbrough. Go! Let's do it. Arsenal versus Middlesbrough. All right, so after putting six pass Ludigrets in the Champions League on Wednesday night, Arsenal and Middlesbrough play out to a nil-nil draw at the Emirates. Arsenal dominate possession, but Middlesbrough create the better chances as Adama Traore, yes, I said it right, um, once, again, <laughs> puts it, once again puts in an impressive performance for Burrow. Wengerside uh, failed to score for only the second time this season in all comps, but a point is still enough to keep them tied for first at the top of the table. Josh, Burnley, Neverton, go. All right, as the Honorable <laughs> Harvey Dent once said, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Ooh. That's exactly what happened <laughs> to Everton goalkeeper uh, keeper Skecklenberger. He got scored against in the 90th minute against, uh, by Sam Vokes, and Sam Everton lose 2-1 to one despite having 70% of the possession and 100% of my broken heart. <laughs> oh, Josh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hall versus Stoke. Here we go. The, there's no time for sympathy. Hall versus Stoke. The Potters walked away with a 2 nothing win over the Tigers thanks to two goals from Shakiri. Could have extended it thanks to strikes from Arnatovich and Joe Allen, but David Marshall came up big for Hall and goal. After losing four straight, Stoke now has eight points over the last four games, six in the last two. So we were talking about Stoke being down earlier this season. They've now climbed out of the relegation zone to 16th, and they've not called into it at 18th. Remember at one point we were talking about Hull taking the uh, taking the whole championship? Well, you were, but <laughs> I was. Yeah. Hull has now lost five straight. So, Kev, Leicester and Crystal Palace, go. Uh, Leicester brings some of the European <laughs> form to the league and beat Palace 3-1. I don't know why you're laughing. I really don't know. <laughs> Let me just repeat that. Go. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Leicester beat Palace 3-1, extending their home unbeaten streak to an impressive 20 league games, as I mentioned before. Uh, goals from uh, Okazaki, Fuchs, and summer signing Musa were enough to brush aside Palace, who were only able to muster up a Benteke effort that struck the post and a consolation goal by Kabai. Both teams currently sit mid-table with 11 points each. Josh, Bob Bradley versus Watford. Go. Uh, I'm not sure Bob uh, swayed any of the home fans over to his side in the scoreless draw against ninth place Watford. The home side looked the better team, but couldn't seem to get anything past Watford keeper Gomez or past the woodwork. Ah, poor Swansea. West Ham versus Sunderland. Sunderland continue down the path to the championship, the league, not the cup, by dropping a soul-sucking loss. They were all even on their way to at least one point when Winston Reid scored for the Hammers in the 94th minute. Sunderland had a number of chances to pick up a goal, but are just really struggling to make anything happen. Why does that sound familiar? <laughs> I wonder how Jermaine Defoe's feeling, knowing he's in for one of the worst seasons of his career while Toronto FC is headed to the MLS playoffs without him. West Ham pick up their second in a row and take on Josh's beloved Evertonians next week. Cab, bring us home with Man City versus Southampton. All right. Uh, Nathan Redmond capitalized on a sloppy back pass by John Stones to put Southampton ahead in the 27th minute, while City had a goal disallowed just five minutes later, thanks to, I wouldn't say questionable offsides, but offsides. Uh, Ianacho turns super <laughs> sub as... <laughs> What does that mean? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Go have a look. Ian Ocho turns super sub as he comes on in the second half to equalize, and City pile on the pressure, but Southampton hold strong at the back, and the game finishes 1-1. City haven't won a game in a month, but they still sit top of the table on goal difference, while Southampton are currently eighth, six points off fourth place. That felt good, guys. I feel felt like good. we should felt like clap yeah, that up. That was yeah, good. That was... <laughs> I love it. We rushed through that. That's good. That's right. Yeah. Get the By the way, I made all of that up. We all did. It wasn't written down. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't reading it. Even watching those games. We just, yeah. <laughs> just I just really wanted to have a Harvey Dent quote in my right. <laughs> Had a Sam Vogue sighting again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about fantasy. I don't know if you guys transferred any players in or out this week. I, have um, I made I made one transfer in. I'm actually going to hold off. I'm not going to transfer anything this week. I want to get two transfers so that I can try to stack up on defense and maybe go a little bit less in midfield. I pulled in Joe Allen uh, from Stoke and sent out Kapue from Watford. Allen is my fifth midfielder. He's on corners, has the amazing hair. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look him up. It's true. He does, yeah. He does, yes. Um, he scored two goals last week, um, and Stoke has Swansea, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Burnley over the next five games. So he was also 0.4 million less than Kapue. So I figured, pull the trigger now, see if I can get Joe Allen and get me some more points because my team is just awful. 
Did you guys bring in any transfers this week, or are you sitting steady? Yeah, I did. Um, so I finally pulled the trigger. I got rid of Zlatan. I, dun, dun, dun. I, I've been saying I was going to do it for a while now, and I just after this last week, you know, you can only take so much. So I, I pulled the trigger, got rid of him, put in Austin, uh, just because he has good points, and uh, decided to save up some money for a good defense. So I'm going to get probably, uh, I don't know, just someone from Arsenal. I don't know who yet, but an Arsenal defender. Some of those Arsenal defenders are pretty pricey. So well, so Zlatan was pretty pricey, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think got, I can uh, afford it. Some, uh, some money to play with. Kev, are you, uh, you making any moves or are you holding steady? I'm making moves, but I haven't decided on what yet. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> happy with my back four, my defense, my midfield. Eh, I mean, Awobi is now kind of trailing off. I'm probably going to ship him. Um I, I love Troy Deeney so much as a player, but I don't know if he's Do you he's just a good... like saying Troy Deeney? Maybe. I don't know. He's just, <laughs> but he's like on top of it. He's just like, I don't know. I like him. Um, but he might not be the best fantasy player. So I think I might uh, pull him out and, and look to kind of replace him up top. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. In terms of standings, my team continues to flounder, so I don't know if I would take anything that I just said for any merit at all. Um, I am currently in 16th. And dropping, which is terrible. I've only got nine points in head-to-head play, so I need to figure out how, yeah. Lost to Tom Manspeaker this week. Next week, I get M. Williams. Um, Josh, you continue to sit at the top, and, you know, you're tied on points uh, with uh, Matt Grubba, who we are going to try to see if we can get on the show next week, but uh, you have almost 100 points on him, so it's not even that close. Um Kev, you uh, you're I, sitting at tenth. I don't know how I'm ahead of Willie Hunt. Like, how is that a thing? It's it's a points thing. Um, he has more points than you overall, but because it's head to head, you had one game that you somehow tied, so you have one draw in there. You have one more point than he does. Um, but yeah. So and this week, as we mentioned, Kev, you get uh, Josh's wife, Liz. So going down, happy Liz. birthday, ha- happy birthday, Liz. Going down. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. All right, let's move on to the EPL supporters tourney draw. We know this is what everybody's really been waiting to hear. You probably just skipped ahead the, the past 40 minutes to get to this point. Really yeah, excited. this is going to be a blast. So the tournament is going to be on Sunday, November 6th, starting at 2 p.m. at Cole Springs. There are six teams that are going to be involved. There's two Spurs teams, a Liverpool team, a Man City team, a Newcastle team, and a Knotts County team, um, which is really just the uh, the Tartan Devils. But, you know, Knotts County for John. Cool. Um, yeah, Josh not getting an Everton team. Way to go. Uh, there are going to be <laughs> there's going to be two leagues or divisions. There's the Meadow Lane division and the Wembley division. There are three teams per division. So every team will play the other teams in their division. Every team makes the playoffs, but the team with the most points from within their division gets a bye in the first game of the playoffs. Games are 20 minutes long, so the whole tournament will be wrapped by five. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All of us old guys out there are completely out of shape. I can I can run for 20 minutes at a time. Like, this will be fine. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Throwing yeah. <laughs> shade. Yeah. Love it. Thanks. You're not even going to be there, Josh. Come I'm on. not going to be able to run for five minutes. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, John asked us to do the uh, draw live on the air. So I wanted to make it at least audibly interesting. So instead of like a little piece of paper out of a hat, I got, I got Legos in a ceramic jar and each Lego denotes a different team. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick the Wembley division first, um, which according to the schedule that John sends around, it's actually group one. So I'm just going to sort of reach in here. I'm going to shift around, shift around and team a and group one. We got a nice little white-bodied uh, Lego here. That's a Spurs team. So Spurs <laughs> is our is our team A uh, in Group One. We're gonna go ahead and reach around in here, and I'm gonna pull out a Lego. We got a red Lego, which that denotes Kev. Come on Liverpool. That's Liverpool. <laughs> so Liverpool is uh, is team B in Group One. We're gonna go ahead and mix it up here just a little bit more, and we have a uh, blue. Piece, which who can guess out of those city? five teams that's city so we got city the, Man, the, strong our, group right there. the Wembley division is going to be a Spurs team a Liverpool team and a city team so moving on to the Meadow Lane division this is group two we're gonna uh what do we got I got a green piece 
Who knows what green stands for? Knotts? Knotts County? Knotts County. Knotts, yeah, yeah. Knotts County is going to be Team A in the second division. I got a white piece, which that's going to be Newcastle. Newcastle, yep. And that leaves, last but not least, the second Spurs team is Team C in Group 2. So there you go. There's the full schedule. Thank you to my kids' Legos that are now spilling all over the floor. <laughs> um, we have, once again, in the Wembley division, which is Group 1, Team A is Spurs, Team B is Liverpool, Team C is City. In the Meadow Lane division, that's Group 2, Team A is Knotts County, Team B is Newcastle, Team C is Spurs. So keep an eye out for the final schedule from John Battersby. He'll be sending around more info, including he already sent around a waiver that everyone needs to sign and bring with them to the tournament to play at Coal Springs. But, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to get some video when we're not playing um, just because I don't want to embarrass myself. But uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that we put it up on the site so everybody can see. And hopefully we'll get even more teams out there next year. Um, but, yeah, lots of fun. That's only two weeks away. So I need to start running or something. <laughs> yeah. Got to start conditioning. Got to get stuff ready for it. Start doing some two-a-days. <laughs> Getting ready for this. Yeah. Don't want to let the Spurs guys down. So I think that's pretty much it. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Kev, as we mentioned, you literally won't be here next week. You will be uh, at a conference in San Francisco. So we are going to try to find somebody to fill in. We're trying to work on Matt Grubba, see if we can get him in here to uh, to cover for you. Um, who knows? Maybe you won't have a spot. He'll just take over for you from now. That would be <laughs> shocking if I came back. Sorry, yeah, you're just not a thing anymore. <laughs> would you like to come on as a guest? Can I mean... We're going to talk about Liverpool this week. Do you want to come yeah. on as a guest? Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> All right, well, this is a great episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen over at mongols.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at Spashlash Mongols or at Mongols. Bring on week 10, man. Double digits. Here we go. We're about, a, what, a third of the way through the season now? Almost there? Yeah, crazy talk. Crazy talk. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We will talk to everybody very, very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>